everyone, welcome to a Halloween edition of the End Zone Podcast. WTOC Sports Director with you, uh, Jake Wallace with you. That'd be good if I give you my name occasionally. <laughs> Joined by uh, Wright Gasway, former Georgia football player, now investigative reporter with the WTOC team. Every once in a while we get to pull him in uh, and talk some football with him. And we've got a couple big games we're going to talk about. We're going to focus on, on two big college games this weekend. Georgia Southern at App State tonight, number 20 App State. And then, of course, Georgia-Florida this Saturday in Jacksonville. You'll see it right here on WTOC. So we'll start right now. I just want to ask you, as a guy who's played college football, what what is it like when it's rivalry week against kind of your, your bitterest enemy? It's, it's a fun time. I know, I know these guys are looking forward to getting to Jacksonville. They've got a lot of people questioning them, questioning their abilities, and wondering if they're going to be any good this year after the last couple of weeks. This is a game you kind of circle. As much as Kirby and other guys try to say it's just another week, it is just another week, but there's a little bit more to it. This is a big game. You don't want to lose this game. If you lose this game, it lingers for, for a whole year. Yeah, as much as these guys want to say, oh, it's just another game. We don't care. They Come on. They know. Yeah. There, there's a lot to it. It's yeah. circled every year. You know it's the same week every year. You know you have a bye week heading into it. And it's probably the worst game to lose if you do lose. Yeah. For either side. Yeah, so we'll get to, we'll get to Georgia Florida here in a minute, but we do want to talk about the game kicking off tonight at 8 o'clock. Georgia Southern at number 20, Appalachian State. Black Thursday, uh, hate week, all the names for this rivalry. And the second straight year, Georgia Southern going or taking on an, a ranked Appalachian State team. Of course, they beat number 25 Appalachian State last year in Statesboro. But going to Kid Brewer, where they've only won four times in history, it's going to be a messy weather game, cold, possible snow in Boone, North Carolina. Snow? Yeah. When's the last time Georgia Southern played in the sunshine? In the sunshine? It's been a couple weeks. In the snow, it'd be we'd have to probably a few years ago against App. The Mountaineers won 13 straight games since Georgia Southern beat them last October. This is a game that the rivalry means a lot. But for the Eagles, they're going in big underdogs against a ranked team that has not just conference title goals, but possible New Year's Six Bowl goals, possibly the you know undefeated regular season champs of the G5. If you're the Eagles, what are you taking into this game? What's your mindset? I think you just play knowing all that, knowing that no one expects you to win, no one probably expects you to even hang around, but you beat them. You're the last team to beat them. You said 13 straight, one of the longer, if not the longest, win streak in, in Division One football right now, one of the longest at, le- at yeah, least. Third, third longest in the country. Yeah. So I think you just go up there, you play aggressive. If I'm the coach, Coach Lunsford, I take the opening kick, and I try to go down there and score. I yeah. think if you can get a couple touchdowns on the board early, get some momentum, get some confidence – that's, that goes a long way. They actually did take the opening kickoff last last week against New Mexico State, won the toss, took the kick, had their best offensive performance. Now, of course, that Aggie team defensively much different than this Appalachian State team, but the point remains, being aggressive, going out, and playing. Now, the thing that I found interesting about Georgia Southern is how they've used Wesley Kennedy the third since Logan Wright went out with an injury, and you look at just – the totals, he's got four touchdowns on the ground in the last two games, including and he added one on a punt return over 250 yards total these last two games. He's going to be the guy that Georgia Southern's going to have to rely on. Get him the ball as much as you can. Get him touches out in space as much as possible and let him try to be that game breaker for you because that's his role. 
this app defense is is nasty. I mean, they've they've allowed 606 combined yards in three games. We were talking about it earlier. I mean, this is a team that that legitimately might be favored against an SEC team that beat Georgia yeah. later in the year. They're a good football team. Yeah. Th- there's no doubt about that. I mean, th- this is a really, really good Appalachian State football team. They beat North Carolina earlier in the year, and you look at this schedule, and, and we brought it up. They play South Carolina in Columbia. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Gamecocks. I wouldn't be surprised either. What do you think Southern has to do? I think they have to establish that run that they want to do early. They can't fall behind and have to play catch-up, and that's been the problem. This this app team is not a for an explosive offense. They don't throw the ball a whole lot. They're a lot like Southern. They're going to pound the rock um, with their with their running back Darrington Evans and, and a few others. Um, app's going to try and physically maul you. And so what you have to do, I think, if you're Georgia Southern, is just match that physicality. I know that sounds cliche and simple, but you can't go out there and think you're going to finesse your way around this Mountaineer team, especially in the predicted weather tonight either. Yeah, potentially snow. That's unbelievable given how warm it's been here. They certainly have not practiced in any conditions like that. Like you said, though, I I think they're going in to a game where they're going to be the underdog against a team that no one's really giving them a shot, maybe outside of Southern fans. I I think you just play free. You you get your best – fakes and you you take throw the kitchen sink at app state yeah i I think that's a a good plan i mean that when georgia southern's been their best in the last two years under chad lunsford they have played loose they have played with kind of nothing to lose last year was one of those years where no one really knew what to expect and this year they've had high expectations i don't think that's why they've struggled at times but i think playing loose with nothing to lose is not a bad option also, one stat that doesn't mean anything, but I found it really interesting, Georgia Southern's 3-0 and all-time on Halloween. We'll see if they can move to 4 and Let's hope they can. Their uniforms are sweet. Yeah, that, that was a pretty sweet uh, release video. That the was. It, it re- the it thing, that was, that was awesome. Who do those you think? uniforms are sweet. Yeah. The, uh, the I give Southern the edge on those. The eagle uh, wings on the side of the helmet instead of the numbers tonight and going all white. And App State probably going to wear all black, so that'll be a cool look tonight on ESPNU. All right, let's... Skip over to the game down in Jacksonville, Georgia, Florida, the 98th meeting between these two, I believe. This game is special. It is unique in the college football landscape in terms of just setting and and atmosphere and everything else. Outside of all that, what do you expect to see in between the white lines? Three months ago, no one gave Florida a shot to win this game. Last year, we've got pictures. The stadium was full of red and black. Mm-hmm. Florida fans weren't there. They didn't expect it. I think this year even people were expecting Georgia just to cakewalk through the SEC East. Between the white lines, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think Georgia's got to come out and score and get ahead because if they're playing from behind again, that they've proven that they're going to struggle with that. Yeah. We'll see if they mix up their run game and, and mix in some – some power, some counter, and, and get away from their consistent zone runs. I think when you look at Florida, though, it, it's tough to tell how good their offense is. LSU is a great football team. I do not think they're a great defensive football team. So it's hard to see, to tell what kind of offense they have. Trask has played well. I always mm-hmm. say, though, he was a backup at the beginning of the year for a reason. Yeah. I think Georgia needs to get after him and, and make him win the game. It is odd, though, since he came became the starter 
that team has looked so much more confident offensively, especially with all those weapons on the outside. That's not a dig at Felipe Franks, who they clearly had a lot of confidence in, mm-hmm. but you can just tell there was something that when Trask throws the football, those guys have a belief that it's going to be where it's supposed to be and give them a chance to make plays. Absolutely. I mean, he's played well. I think this is the best defense Georgia's faced thus yeah. far. I don't think They're I'm going not. out on a limb saying that, yeah. especially on the perimeter. If Georgia's receivers can't get open, if they can't beat man coverage, it could be a long game for Georgia because then that allows Florida to stack the box, which takes away the running game. And I don't care how good that offensive line is, five can't block seven or eight. Yeah, here's here's a couple stats on that note. Florida, the best team in the SEC in sack numbers, 29 on the year that's top 10 in the country, and then takeaways 18 tied for the top, tied for the best in the country. If they can get pressure and force Georgia into turnovers, it's going to be a long day for the Dogs in Jacksonville. And speaking of cliches, I think Fromm's just got to take what he can get on first down, mix in some RPOs. I was watching a cut-up that Hudson Mason did earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not about hitting RPOs on first down for 20, 30, 40, 50 yards long touchdowns. It's about getting five or six yards and getting yourself into a second in short to second in medium. You become a lot less predictable, and maybe we can spice up some of that play calling. The Florida defensive coordinator, very familiar to Georgia fans. Some would say maybe let's get in third and long and we'll be really successful given Grantham's track record at Georgia, but he's got that defense rolling. Yeah, two of the better defensive ends, not only in the SEC, but in the country, and they're going to be going up against Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas, so that's going to be just a blast of a matchup to watch. But, I mean, you mentioned this this Florida defense. They're, Georgia knows what they're going to do. They're going to line up man coverage and they're going to jam you, and they're going to press you, and they're going to make your wide receivers get open, and they're going to try to stop the run. This game between Kirby and Dan Mullen and all these coaches, they all know each other. All these players know each other. It's not a mystery. It's just who goes out and executes and plays better. And I think that's one of the the factors about this game that is so fun is nobody's surprising anybody. Nobody's going to go out there with smoke screens or you know smoke and mirrors. We're just going to come right at you, and if you can't beat us, then we're going to just keep doing it. Yeah, by the way, Flores, uh, defensive back, one of their corners said DeAndre Swift was what, what an average running back, yeah. just a regular guy. I will say, as much as Kirby's talked about getting the ball into playmaker's hands, Georgia just hasn't done that. It seems like Georgia goes at the pace that DeAndre Swift goes, which is not a terrible thing, but I, I really want to see Georgia spread the ball out. Demetrius Robertson, yeah. uh, you know, James Cook, get the ball to, to other playmakers and allow – Swift and I have to carry so much of the load. I think Lawrence Cager coming back on the on, or at least what it seems like will be coming back is going to be a big addition for the Dogs. Thirteen straight times, and I'm talking about this tonight on the News at six. The last thirteen games, the team that rushes the ball for the most yards in this game wins the game. Quite a stat. Yeah, quite a stat. I would give, I would give Georgia the upper hand on that. Yeah, it's interesting because. You think about Florida in this physical, we're going to run the ball team. They're 90th in the country in rushing, just about 100, 140 yards a game. But LaMichael Pirine, Damian Pierce, their two running backs, as dangerous as anybody, they can break big plays. So they're maybe not going to go at you with the running game. They're not going to you know beat you over the head with it, but they can break big ones. Like you said, physical running backs too. Yeah, and so that's going to be uh, the tail of the tape. It has been for the last decade and a half. You can't imagine it won't be. Again, Saturday in Jacksonville. I think for the first time in a couple of years, that stadium will be a lot closer to 50-50 than uh, 60-40 or 65-35 Georgia. Yeah. yeah, this is the first time in a couple of years, I think, that, that Florida comes into this game fully confident that they can win this game. I don't think that's been the case the last two years. I think they're ready. They're confident. They're certainly the, the higher-ranked team here, and we'll see. 
it seems like every year, no matter which side or the other, the losing team leaves early, and you see a lot, a, lo- a lot of teal seats there in Everbank Stadium. I'm hoping that at the end of the game, we're seeing red and black and teal. TIA Bank Stadium. TIA Bank Field. Come on. Come on. It's only the sixth name change they've had in the last few years. It's going to be a great game, right? Thanks for joining us. We're going to have coverage of it. Uh, 3.30 right here on WTOC. Kickoff right around 3.37. And then, of course, Tim Guider and I will be in Jacksonville. Lindsay will be here in Savannah for our tailgate and special. That's at 1.30 right here on WTOC. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll have Lindsay and I will be back tomorrow for a high school football podcast breaking down all the big matchups coming up for you on the inside. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the games.